0: Today we come seeking God, we keep God in front of us asking for him to show us the way. Before I begin my sermon today, I I just want to speak in light of yesterday's events. As many of you know, um, there was quite discord and violence that happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. I feel I must speak to that. Yesterday was an action of racism, hate, and disunity for our nation. The actions of the white supremacist group was against everything that Jesus taught. I read a lot of news last night. A lot of responses on Facebook and Twitter and blog posts. There's a blog writer that I read often. I read him because he sometimes hits me right between the eyes. His words are blunt but true about yesterday's events. He says, this is racism. This is domestic terrorism. This is religious extremism. This is bigotry. It is blind hatred of the most vile kind. It doesn't represent America. It doesn't represent Jesus. It doesn't speak for the majority of white Americans. It's a cancerous, terrible, putrid sickness that represents the absolute worst of who we are. I agree. As those who follow Jesus, we must speak the truth in love, church. We must show the nation and our communities that we follow the way, the truth, and the life. We must show who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, and what he taught to love our neighbor. He gave us that new commandment. Do you remember what it was? He said, love each other. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you what? Love each other. There's a pastor in Texas that I'm friends with, who is a senior pastor of First United Methodist Church in Richardson, Texas. His name's Clayton Oliphant. And in all of the reflections that I read yesterday, his hit me the hardest. He shared a memory. A memory of when he was a little boy and was standing in his home watching a cross burn in his front yard. His father, the late Bishop Oliphant, stood with him. And when he asked his father why the men had done this, in all of the wisdom and experience that he had as a pastor, he responded to his son this way Because they are afraid. Because they are afraid. Fear and hatred mixed together only causes destruction, church. But Jesus said what? Perfect love, right? Perfect love drives out what? All fear. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we lift the people of Charlottesville. For families who have suffered loss this morning, we ask that you wash over them your comfort, your grace, your hope. We pray for the pastors and the leaders and the servant leaders of that community, that they might stand in the gap and show exactly who we are as those who follow you, oh God. Be with us. Show us your way. Give us the courage to stand and speak the truth in love. And may our actions be louder than our words. Sometimes we don't know what to pray, O oh God. But you told us that the Spirit would speak for us when we had no words. The Spirit, O oh God, may it speak into our hearts today as we seek to be your people your children, not forgetting that you are our God and that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God found in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And all of God's people agreed and said, amen. You know, I've been reflecting upon God's timing and all of this. the worship team has been developing sermon series for quite a time. We be- developed this sermon series long ago, entitled Unafraid. We've been talking about the, th- the things that humanity fears the most. It just so happened that last week we were talking about that fear of failure. And we remembered that in Christ there is no failure, there's only learning. As Paul told the the church in Corinth, we're experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we are not knocked out. How much did we need to hear that scripture leading into this week? Today we address the fear of the unknown. Again, God's timing in all of this. We address the uncertainty in our lives, the fear of tomorrow. I like to call it the fear of what if. Anybody here ever had a what if thought go through their mind? Right? It happens to me probably... Numerous times a day, what if, what if? You can what if yourself to death, can't you, church? What if I don't have enough money to pay my bills? What if the nation goes to war and this conflict with Korea escalates? Will my children, will my family be safe? What if something happens to one of my children, one of my grandchildren? What if I get cancer or ALS or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or heart disease? You fill in the blank. Do you know what that's like, church? Have you ever had thoughts go through your mind like this? Can I get a witness? Am I the only one who does this? You can be downright worried. All you have to do is watch the news for a certain period of time and you know immediately that there are things in life to worry about. Some of you have been saving for retirement. And you've known for a long time that Social Security will not get you to the end and so you're investing and your saving and you've watched the stock market go up and down and you've lost and you've gained and you're starting to get worried and anxious about will you have enough money to make it to the end does anybody know what i'm talking about there yeah the fear of what if it seems to be overwhelming at times I love this quote from H.P. Lovecraft. He says, the oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown. Everyone of every age and station knows what it's like to be afraid, of not knowing what's going to happen next. Anxiety happens within us. It's been called the official emotion of the age, and it can be an awful emotion. I sometimes have experienced those anxiety attacks in which I feel like I cannot breathe. The word anxiety comes from the Greek word anake, meaning throat or to press together. That makes sense, doesn't it? Anake was the name of the Greek god of constraint who pre- presided over slavery. And it was the word used for the yokes or the rings on the necks of the slaves. And the connection between the word anarchy and anxiety is obvious because we can almost know that anxiety is what holds us back, enslaves us from time to time. feels like it's pressing in on our throat, like a, a noose around our neck and we cannot breathe. Fear is a universal emotion But yet, some people experience this more than others. When I first began doing pastoral ministry many years ago, just like today, I encountered people of all situations. Hospitals, nursing homes, things going on with marriage, those kinds of things. And when I first started to encounter that, I started to... Of take on some of that anxiety. You know, I got a pain right back here. I might have kidney disease. Hmm. Or I've got that symptom in my head. Maybe I've got a tumor. Or my daughter is that age. I wonder if she's encountering that too. Some of the hardest funerals I ever did in ministry and ever will do are the ages of those who have passed who were my children's age. Anxiety would creep into this until one day, finally the Holy Spirit said, get a grip, Terry. Get a grip. No matter what, if it happens to you, I'll be there. If it doesn't happen to you, I'll be there. No matter what, I will not leave you nor forsake you. The panic button. Sometimes we hit it when we don't need to. I think this is why the quote that was given to me over the last week meant so much to me. It's said by William Allen White, I'm not afraid of tomorrow, for I have seen yesterday and I love today. I'm not afraid of tomorrow, for I have seen yesterday and I love today. Fear, it's spoken of in the scriptures, as I said last week, at least 189 times. The scriptures tell us, Fear not. The prophet Isaiah tells the people of the time, Don't be afraid of all of this. He's speaking to the people who are in Babylon, they have been in exile. They have been pulled from their homes, pulled from their country, and they do not know what tomorrow brings. And the prophet Isaiah says, do not fear. I'm with you. I'm your stronghold. I will hold you in my righteous right hand. I will hold you up and I will help you. That God has not forsaken you. God has not forgotten you. The covenant that God made with you through Abraham is still in place where he said, I will be your God and you will be my people. There was no condition in that. We are God's children, and the Lord God remains faithful and true, even when we turn away. We hear from the prophet that he, God will strengthen, that God will help, and God will uphold them. You know, I think Isaiah shows us there's only one way to overcome any fear and that's to face it. To face it in faith. Isaiah gives us the perfect formula of facing our fears in faith to know that God will strengthen, that God will help, and that God will uphold. To live into that faith To know that we are not alone we are God's children I will hold you with my righteous strong hand I am the Lord your God who grasps your strong hand Isaiah says something comforting isn't there about the image or the feeling of being held in God's righteous strong right hand right there's an old hymn in your hymnal. Mary, you're the hymnal. What number is it? Precious Lord, take my hand. What is it? 474. 474. Well, does anybody want to see if she's right? <laughs> she's the hymnal encyclopedia on our staff. She's rarely wrong. 474, spot on. Spot on. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand, I am we, I, I am we. of being held in God's hand how comforting that he will be our strength and he will be our stronghold no need to fear of tomorrow no need to fear of what if God will help Isaiah says don't fear I will help you I will help you Is there anything too big or too small that God will not help with? Anything too small, too trivial that God would not help us with? Even algebra? (laughs) Even algebra, huh? You know, um, when I was getting my degree, I was scared. I was terrified of algebra because I do not have a mathematical brain. My dad does, and I did not inherit that. And so the Lord sent tutors. It was the last class I signed up for. I put it off until the very end. And God sent tutors to help me. I prayed. I prayed hard. God sent a husband who's a mathematical brain who helped me but when it came time for tests, there was nobody sitting beside me. (laughs) The Lord Lord was, exactly. I'll tell you of an experience I had. I went into a midterm or a final. I don't know which it was. I was scared out of my mind that I would not pass the test. I had to pass this course to, to finish the degree. And I prayed. Oh, I prayed going into that test because I did not have my tutor sitting beside me. I did not have my husband sitting beside me, showing me how it would work. And I had studied, studied, studied. But yet I was afraid. And I prayed, God, would you please help me? Help me, God, please. And there was one problem on the test. Some of the problems I I recognized from tutoring and practice and study, but there was one problem on the test I'd never seen before of how to work. And I prayed God help me. I don't know how to do this. And all of a sudden, I saw for the first time mathematically. It's never happened since. (laughs) but out of the blue I could I knew how to work the problem I could see it mathematically if God will help in algebra what wouldn't God help with right right Psalmist said it that way, I raise my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God would, won't let your foot slip. Your protector won't fall asleep on the job. God will be our strength. God will help and God will uphold Isaiah says, don't fear because I'm with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. That covenant is there. The covenant relationship between God and God's people. God has not forsaken. God has not forgotten. It's all in the remembering of us. It's all in our memory of not letting our fears get the best of us and take off down the road of remembering who we are and whose we are, and the promises that God has made us. We have to face those fears in the depth of our faith and know that we are not alone. I read a story this week uh, about an athlete. He was a risk taker. Um, His name was David Milne Smith, and he swam the Gibraltar The Strait of Gibraltar from Africa to Europe, not just once but twice. And in 1972, he spent a night alone in what's called St. Michael's Cave. It's on the island of Gibraltar. And he was doing this as a test of his courage, he said. And he's written a book entitled Hug the Monster in which he tells this story about hearing sound after sound after sound and the panic started to, to rise within him, the anxiety to where he could not breathe. He was panicking until one, at one point he said something washed over him that says, whatever the monster looks like, I will hug it. And when he came to that conclusion, he was able to settle down and sleep. Whatever the monster looks like, I will hug it. In the faith of Christ, we can do that. Whatever the monsters of this world throw at us, in Christ, we can stand firm. We can hug it. And we can say, I am not alone. The promises is that God will never leave me nor forsake me. God does not promise us that bad things won't happen in this world, right? What he promises is that he will be with us no matter what. That he will show us the next steps. That he will strengthen us and give us courage. That he will help us along the way. That he will uphold us. We can face anything in Christ Eleanor Roosevelt said it this way, you can gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You must do the thing which you think you cannot do. The what ifs. What if we turned our what ifs around? Instead of what if this happens, thinking something like, What if I remember God's promises? What if I remember Jesus said that he's with us along the way, journeying with us? What if I remember he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? What if he said, I came to give us life, give you life and life in all of its fullness? What if we remember those promises? What if I know that God has sustained me thus far, then then why am I doubting? If God's been provider and sustainer and nourisher of this life, then why do I doubt? What if I remember that? What if I prayed through my fear? Facing it head on, hugging the monster, knowing that, God is able. What if I prayed through the scriptures and I remember the promises? What if I said, I fear the unknown and the uncertainty, but I will remember whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, as the psalmist said. In God, whose word I praise, I trust in God, I won't be afraid. What can mere flesh do to me? should be a, a handout in your bulletin that had some scriptures on it of encouragement. Joshua 1:9. Let's say that together. Don't be alarmed or terrified because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Isaiah says, Be strong, don't fear. Here's your God coming with vengeance, with divine retribution. God will come to save you. Oh, in Psalm 23, let's say that one together. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Paul tells us in Romans, the letter in Romans, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing that comes our way. Let's say Deuteronomy together. Be strong, be fearless. Don't be afraid and don't be scared by your enemies because the Lord your God is the one who marches with you. He won't let you down and he won't abandon you. And then finally, Hebrews, this is why we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper and I won't be afraid. You can take that and put it in your Bible. When the what-ifs start to come and crowd into the mind and heart, you can pull those scriptures out and pray those through. I was watching the Cardinal game yesterday on the couch where it's cool, and I was kind of in and out, I was listening, reading, and I heard the commentator talk about the cardinals doing, I always get it wrong, this, when they do something great, and we're not even great sometimes, they'll look over at each other, well lately that's been the that way, um, they'll look over at each other and they'll do like this with one another, and the commentator said they do that as a sign to each other, a signal to, to, to each other that they're in this together. They're in this together. No matter what comes, they are united. I looked over at Joe and I said, that's got to make the sermon tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, we're in this together, right? We're in this together. We have to stand up, speak the truth in love so that people will know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are in this together. And God calls us to love, to be grace-filled, to love as he loves. May we stand firm in that, encourage each other along the way, and hold each other up. And when we see things that are not in line with the ways of Jesus, may we speak out in truth, in love. May we sing it, may we shout it, and may our actions speak for themselves